All right, uh, we're going to get started here tonight. I want to thank everybody for watching online and everyone that's came tonight. Most importantly, I want to thank uh, our candidates for school board that have come tonight. Uh, we're going to start with a Pledge of Allegiance tonight. So if you would stand with me as we say the pledge, and then we'll have uh, an opening prayer. I pledge allegiance to the flag of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Would go with me in prayer. Lord Jesus, I thank you, Lord, tonight for the opportunity, uh, Lord, to be here and, and to fulfill uh, a civic duty um, of ours that we, we come and, uh, Lord, in, in your name and, and, Lord, we promote biblical principles in our uh, community, in our school, and we have a chance, Lord, to talk uh, to these candidates tonight. So, Lord, I pray for them. I pray that they're not nervous tonight. Uh, Lord, I, I thank you for our country, that we live in a country where we can do this. There's a lot of places around the world, Lord. They can't do this. So I thank you, Lord, tonight that we're able to, to be here and to ask questions and to meet. And so, Lord, just uh, be with us tonight in everything we glorify and honor you. In your name I pray. Amen. All right. I want to I thank you all again. Uh, the format for tonight, if you're watching online, is going to be that uh, I'm going to ask the candidates a series of questions. Uh, and then the audience will have an opportunity to ask any questions. And if you have a question you would like uh, to ask the candidates, you can write it underneath the live feed. Uh, we have someone working uh, the media tonight that uh, he will get those questions to me uh, as we, we go through. So uh, I just want to thank you guys again uh, for coming tonight. And I, I thank all of you for uh, volunteering for this. I also want to say that um, thank Crossbridge uh, Baptist Church for letting us use the facilities and the mics and all of that. They are, they are not sponsoring it, but they're letting us use uh, the facilities. So I thank, thank them for that. So my first question tonight um, is, I want you to introduce yourself. Tell us about yourself, uh, why you're running for school board, and what qualifications do you have that uh, may separate you from the other candidates uh, here tonight? So we're each, uh, I'm going to jump back and forth. We're going to start with Jill and work our way down, and then we'll go back the other way. So Jill, you get to start on the first question. Okay. Can everybody hear me? Um, so I just wanted to uh, thank everybody, uh, especially the Conservative Christian Political Action uh, Committee, for hosting this event tonight. And... Jeff Mann for reaching out to me and telling me how to get here. Um, and I'd like to acknowledge the other school board candidates. Um, I really enjoyed reading all your profiles in the Marshfield Mail this week. And um, I have to say that really no matter what the outcome of this election, I felt great about every one of them. I'd probably vote for all, either, any of them. So um, I just wanted you to know that. And um, it was interesting to me that all of us really said uh, in different ways about the same thing that we were concerned about with the school and that that was reassuring to me also so no matter what the outcome of the election I think the school's going to come out really well uh, with this uh, so to tell you about myself and and uh, why what my qualifications might be I would in just the interest of time I'll refer you to the article that was published in the Marshfield Mail this week and it covered a lot of the details <clears throat> so if you have questions that may be a good resource I did bring a copy of my part of that in case somebody wanted to look at it later um, so to summarize though my qualifications I do have a master's degree in, in it's in nursing education but it is nursing um, and uh, a bachelor's degree in uh, um, in nursing from Southwest Baptist University and a diploma in nursing from St. John's School of Nursing so um, in terms of um, 
you know, religious education. I've had quite a, a, a wide range between the Catholics and the Baptists, and we all got along great, so it was, it was a good education. But one of the things that they teach at Southwest Baptist University is servant leadership. And so that just to explain it is that people don't know how much, you, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And so um, that's kind of my philosophy is all, all work, every work, all work I've ever done is, is kind of a ministry to me. And um, you, you um, have to know how to try to work with other people and bring out their strengths and weaknesses. And um, servant leadership means it's not about me. It's about collaboration and working as a team and uh, to try to accomplish goals. <clears throat> and in servant leadership, people are treated with dignity and respect. And they strive uh, to never deprive somebody else of their dignity in interactions because you're going to have disagreements when you do anything like this in the community service line. You're going to have disagreements, but you never have to take away somebody's dignity. And so that's really important to me. And then <clears throat> being uh, having honesty and integrity, uh, fairness, and then good stewardship. Those are all parts of um, servant leadership. Okay, thank you. Tra Travis Hammonds. Uh you're going to be up next. All right. Like you said, uh, my name is Travis Hammonds. Uh, lifelong resident of the Elkland area. Um, grew up out there on the farm. Uh, graduated from Marshall High School in 2002. Uh, my wife and I have been married about 18 years. Uh, we have three children who all attend the Marshfield School District. Uh, I guess you could say I have a servant's heart. I currently work for MoDOT, but uh, previously spent 15 years working for Mercy, formerly St. John's, as a paramedic, a flight paramedic, uh, critical care transport type of situation. Um, just really enjoy helping other people. Um, you know, I kind of took an interest wanting to be on the school board after just kind of talking with some friends. And, uh, you know, often people want to be a part of the results, but they don't want to be a part of the work that it takes to get there. Uh, so for me, you know, I grew up on the farm. I'm not afraid of hard work. Um, you know, I feel like I'm very well rooted in my Christian beliefs and uh, just like to take a common sense conservative approach to solving problems. And uh, so for me, I just, you know, I think I can just make good decisions. And I want to be a part of the solution, but I also want to work on the problem. Thank you. Jeanette. Jeanette Clark and my husband Todd and I are have lived here both of us all of our lives. Um, we both graduated from Marshfield. Um, he probably a lot of people know him from working with the city. He worked um, with the police department for 15 years and he's now active duty Navy. Um, so with that, um, being a servant is just something we model to our children. Um, I've always volunteered at the school, enjoy being an active part of their education and of course school parties, that kind of thing. So um, I felt like school board was just the next step for me as my kids got older. Um, of course I would, I think that we have a wonderful board, wonderful school district, um, and I would just like to help keep the ball rolling in the positive way that it is and with conservative Christian values. Good, thank you. Tara. I'm Tara Thomas and I my husband, Nate, who is a teacher, coach, and we've been married for 20 years, have two kids in the Marshfield School District, and um, I just really 
I don't know that my um, education qualifies me necessarily to be on um, anything in any special way to be on the school board, but I'm a pharmacist, have my doctorate of pharmacy, and um, have been in school a long time. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, I just think being on the school board, you know, would be something in a something I could do to help with some of the great teachers and the counselors and all the support staff that Marshfield has that have really blessed my children and be able to hopefully help make decisions that are gonna benefit them and our kids and the community. Um, so hopefully I could just help in that way. I'm not one that talks a lot and uh, makes a big scene. I'm, I'm good at listening, thinking rationally, and then hopefully coming up with a solution. So hopefully that would be helpful on the school board. Okay. I don't think there's anything crazy that goes on at the meetings currently, <laughs> but I think that's a good approach to it. Okay, good. Mark. Uh, Mark Messick, a lifelong resident of Marshall, did take a little hiatus in grad school down in Texas for a few years. Uh, Started on the school board the last three years. Uh, I was fortunate enough to get elected. Um, why I'm running, uh, as a, uh, feel like it's a civic duty uh, for the school. It's not like a paid position or anything like that. And and uh, as you see right now, I think we're in a really good position on that. Uh, everybody that's on the school board currently is uh, kids first. It really seems that way. Mm -hmm. And I've enjoyed being part of that. It's been a rough time with COVID years and, and some other things. Um, but uh, I think it's a big part of it. And I do want to mention that we promise you, I know you guys read the stuff in our articles, we did not copy and paste in the paper. I know that you probably <laughs> read those. And I thought the exact same thing on that. But uh, as Rhea mentioned, I think we're all very like-minded right now here. And we're just doing it as a, as a servant's heart or of our civic duty. And uh, concerned about the kids in the school district as a whole and the community as a whole. Okay. So. Good, thank you. Second question uh, of mine, what, and we'll start with you, Mark. What major issues do you think that Marshfield schools are facing right now and any particular issue that you're really passionate about? You know, the biggest issue, and of course, it's not just like Marshfield, but schools in general, is, is sort of teachers. And, and that's not only at the um, high school level, but even at the college level. There's a lot of, lot of programs that have, even gone, have done away with their education department. So one big struggle is Marshfield. Uh, we pay decently. We're not we're not the Springfield schools. Mm -hmm. uh, we are a rural community to an extent, but that's probably the biggest is retaining teachers. Is getting teachers to come in and retain our teachers. Mm -hmm. uh, we have lifted something on that. I don't know. We've had for a long time on the school. They had the um, frozen. Their fr salaries frozen. Mm -hmm. Well, with the administration, they've been able to lift that, which has been very helpful. I think the, uh, the new four-day school week will help bringing in mm -hmm. new teachers mm -hmm. on that aspect. That's probably the biggest problem. And then the second biggest problem, hey, we are a growing community. And there's going to be time that we're, we're going to need more facilities and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. They've outgrown. They've done a lot of remodeling stuff on Hubble right now, mm -hmm. which has been needed because it's a very, very old school. Mm -hmm. But that, in my opinion, that's probably the biggest thing. But not only just not, and I should say, just teachers. We need, we want quality teachers. We want, sure. we don't want put pineys in the seat sort of thing. We want somebody that's, that's there for a reason. Sure. So. Okay. Tara, same question. What major issues do you think Marshfield schools are facing? Any particular issue that you're passionate about? Well, like the like the article, and we all kind of mentioned the staffing and making sure we're getting the best people in Marshfield and retaining the great ones that we already have. 
And I know there's a lot of good teacher candidates out there um, that are gonna be coming available, but I think there needs to be some programs just within colleges to attract teachers. I mean, when you can have someone graduate or not even go to college and go make the same amount of money or more elsewhere, it's really hard to mm -hmm. get people to take a job where they're gonna have to be possibly paying back student loans and not getting paid as much. So I think, you know, options for school, you know, having um, scholarships for, you know, teaching programs mm -hmm. um, that might attract more people into the field would be beneficial. Mm -hmm. And then also, you know, support staff, bus drivers, we have, I mean, substitute teachers, there's, you know, a need in all this, you know, most schools right now. So trying to come up with things that's gonna make sure to bring the best ones to Marshfield, I think is something that we can all work on. And um, I know there's a bill being proposed about um, posting your, what you're teaching and I don't know that that would necessarily bring more teachers into the field and it probably would push some more out. And so I think, I don't think that would be anything beneficial for teachers as far as, most teachers already have syllabus or syllabi that they provide with those outlines. And so I don't think that would be beneficial for anyone for, the, for that problem. And then also, you know, class sizes are gonna be an issue with less teachers available and having to have bigger class sizes is gonna probably drive away more teachers also. Okay, thank you, Jeanette. So I hate to be a broken record, but of course staffing, um, and I, I didn't mention before, but I'm a hairstylist, so I have a lot of public uh, interaction and I ask, what people think, what you know, what's on their minds, and I've asked some of my teachers that are clients, what, you know, why why is the job harder, you know, and over and over I hear that they have to do come up with teaching plans, you know, because things are constantly changing through the state level and their requirements, and there's no books anymore for them to go and and you know come up with. They're having to do all of it from scratch, so hopefully the four day week will you know, bring good teachers, that that will be a big benefit for them. Um, I'm very hopeful that COVID is ending and maybe we will have more, you know, kids that are wanting to go into education. You know, hopefully this is a short-lived problem, you know. Um, unfortunately, that doesn't make it any easier right now, but that is my hope. Um, there, you know, so I think a lot of those problems, we're going to have to just see how things go, you know, because you can only graduate, you know, a teacher has to go through a program, so mm -hmm. we have several years that it's going to be impacting, you know, for a while. Um, I think our school has did a great job navigating COVID and keeping our kids mm -hmm. in session. Um, one thing that I'm very passionate about would be I would love to see the junior ROTC program come back. Um, lots of people don't know that we lost that, and that is, you know, they learn basic military skills, and they can go in with an advanced rank if they choose to pursue a military career. So I think that that, I think that there's kid. I've heard of lots of kids that would benefit, want to do that program, and it, we don't offer it anymore. Good. Thank you. Travis. 
not to beat the dead horse. I mean, obviously, I agree with all the staffing issues and all that. So, in the in the spirit of that, um, you know, I think some of the other issues, you know, with the, all the COVID stuff that's went on and all the stress, you know, we've been fortunate that you know every student's been able to have a free meal every day at school mm -hmm. if they need to. But now, from what I understand, there's possibly talk that that might end before long, and you know, with going to a four-day school week that's also something we need to keep in the back of our mind that some of these kids you know that may be a meal on that day of the week that they're not able to get anymore um, I know there's a lot of plans in place for you know after school or daycare type situation with the boys and girls club but you know some of those you know the meals for the kids and and you know another big issue just is the some of the mental health the stressors of all this and the mental health for the kids and the staff is something that we need to keep in the forefront so that they don't uh, kind of fall through the cracks. Okay, thank you, Jill. Um, well, I had listed everything everybody else did too. I think we're all in agreement, but uh, my number one was to improve uh, and measure academic uh, progress. Um, if you look at our, our um, test scores for the last ones that I could find were 19, um, but I think the 20s are out there too. And our academic test scores are not what they should be. When we moved to Marshfield 17 years ago, that was one reason that we chose this community is because the uh, academic performance of the school overall was very good. It was rated very highly, and that's kind of gone downhill. And I don't think that we need to blame anybody about that. I think there's probably many reasons for that. Um, and it's, uh, but our graduation rates are still good compared mm -hmm. to other people in the state. So I think that's exciting. Um, but academic improvement is something that we all have to get on board. And my pet project is trying to involve parents a little bit more. I don't think there's anything more frustrating than uh, your kids having a problem or they call you and no, you can't get a, you know, you can't really, you don't really feel like anybody's hearing you or listening to what you're saying or concerned. And that's just um, a, not a criticism of the school, but I think as parents, we've probably all either experienced it or heard a friend who is like, you know, I've got this going on and I can't, I, I don't even know what to do. Nobody's responding. So parents um, need to be engaged and they need to have the message that, hey, we need you in the school system. We need your involvement and we need you um, your input so that uh, our your kids are excelling because I really feel like nobody nobody knows how a kid learns better than their parents do okay thank you um, okay so our organization that that started uh, two years ago that's sponsoring tonight as you you mentioned is a uh, conservative Christian organization that wants to promote a uh, Christian serving in civic duty in, in our uh, government offices and in the school board. So uh, tell me, uh, tell us tonight, if you're a member of a local body of believers, how are you currently serving in that congregation? If not, um, what other ways are you currently serving in the community? So I'd like to start with you, uh, Jeanette. So we are members of The Well, which we have been members for, I believe, the past six years. Um, we now have a Marshfield campus, which we're very excited about. Um, all of us serve. Um, my husband serves in security and greeting, and my oldest daughter serves in the kids' department and greeting, and my youngest daughter serves with the youth, and she serves as a greeter, and she also serves with the creative um, department, which is taking pictures and different things like that. Um, and then I f 
kind of just float around. I've did hospitality, I've did greeting, I've did kids. Um, and me and my husband also were very, it's a very passionate about marriages and we um, do what's called Symbus, which is saving your marriage before it starts. And it's like a premarital, premarital counseling with um, engaged couples and we really enjoy that um, a lot. So, okay, perfect. Thank you, uh, Travis. Uh, my my entire family attends Timber Ridge Baptist Church out in Elkland. Uh, as far as how I serve, um, actually coming up in April, I'm going to be teaching Sunday school for the month of April for the uh, adult class. Uh, also, I fill in sometimes for our preacher when he's gone, preach on Sunday. Over the last several months, I've actually been traveling to some other small churches that are in need that are without pastor and preaching at them, uh, just trying to go where God takes me. Good. Thank you. Tara. I go to Timber Ridge Baptist Church also, and um, we, my husband and I teach Sunday school, the third, fourth, and fifth grade, and um, it's a pretty great church, and that's mainly what we've been helping with there. Okay. Good. Jill. Um, I go to a tiny little church out by my house where I think I'm the only one that isn't related to everybody else who goes there. <laughs> but it's awesome. And it, it says it's uh, Mount Pisgah Baptist Church on the on the door. And so I asked them one day because I'd gone there a long time. And I said, well, is this Baptist Church? And they said, well, not really. But the sign's so cool, we didn't want to take it down. <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> anyway, they're yeah. all just, it's a very small church. Um, and I guess my, my big thing that I do is um, I'm a harpist, and I have a nonprofit organization called Harps for the Heart, and we play at the bedside, like, for hospice patients, for sick people that, you know, are w unwell, and also for their families and staff, which it, it, we sometimes go in the hospital to do that. So I've done that since 2002. Um, COVID's kind of wrecked that because it's real difficult sometimes to get in care homes or whatever. Um, but that's been sort of my ministry um, when I'm not working. Okay, good. Thank you. And Mark? Jill, it doesn't matter how big your church is, as long as the word's preached. That's the bottom line. Doesn't matter what's on the building, what, <laughs> what name's on it. Uh, I am currently a deacon at Faith Southern Baptist Church. Uh, my wife and I teach the preschool first and second grade class. Uh, I have anywhere from four to 9 to 12 kids in that class, so sometimes it can be a little interesting, keeping their attention span. Also the Sunday School Director at, at Faith Southern there. Um, as far as community work, um, I am a current school board member, at least for the next week, or less than a week on that. Uh, and I don't know if it's a civic duty, but I, I help coach a lot of baseball teams <laughs> and basketball teams and football teams, so I don't know if that's civic duty or not, but but I'm involved with a lot of, a lot of the little guys around the area, so that's Good. That's my spill. All right. Thank you. All right. So a couple of questions on uh, social issues that have been brought up to me numerous times uh, in, in the last year. Uh, right now, as we've seen on the national news, many of uh, and many parents of daughters are concerned about new government policies allowing males to compete against females in sports, biological males against females. What will your position be and how will you direct the administration to handle this uh, when it becomes an issue? if it becomes an issue in Marshfield. So we'll start with Mark. Well, I think it's pretty cut and dry. God didn't make anybody, God made you for a reason, okay? So I don't see it coming in our administration specifically here at Marshfield. I think we're all on the same page on that. 
girls need to compete against girls, boys need to compete against boys on that. Uh, my personal stance is that there's no fine line between that, Jeff. Okay. They need so so follow, kind of a follow-up question, and everyone's going to get it. So if our, our, our girls' sports team goes to a visiting school mm -hmm. um, and, and they're competing against a biological male, would you have a directive? Does our school board have a directive in place that they says, look <laughs> – our, our athletic director, our coaches, we are not going to allow them to compete against that team. We're pulling our kids. So we haven't crossed that line. You know, huh. personally, I don't want to micromanage anybody. I think that would be up to the coaches and okay. the um, uh, athletic director, the administrators on, hey, what, how do you want to treat this? Okay. Okay, I don't wanna, we don't want to micromanage, but I, as I said, we haven't crossed that bridge. So it would be interesting if that did happen. On that, so I can't test. Okay. I can't say what I will do, for, what we would do for sure, and what policies would be in place for that. Okay, it, because it hasn't come up yet. Sure. Okay, Jill. It's a really hard question, and if you're a Christian at all, which I think you know we all are here, um, you, you always, I always want to be compassionate to people, and um, gay and transgender youth have a very high suicide rate, and they're also um, attacked and assaulted the assault rate for them is really high so we have a lot of work to do uh, just as a society to um, be compassionate to people that are going through these kind of things and as a school board member um, we are obligated to be nonpartisan and also to um, provide a safe environment for all kids so you're trying to balance all this stuff out and I've been thinking and reading a lot about it. I, I don't know if we have any transgender kids at Marshville. I know that we have some uh, gay kids. And, um, you know, we have a lot of confused kids and a lot of kids who don't have parents who are helping and just a lot of problems that mm -hmm. relate to this whole area. So uh, I guess um, the good thing about being on the school board is nobody gets to make those decisions themselves. The board uh, talks it over, and we make a decision as a board based on best practice, uh, on what's what's the the best science, what's the best legalities. There's a lot of legal problems with this too, because if you don't handle it right legally, you're going to get sued. Mm -hmm. So you know that's that's something to think about with the school board. Um, I read the MISHA guidelines for gay and transgender youth in Missouri. The state of Missouri for athletics has come out with some guidelines to help school boards deal with this. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I don't have a, you know, just like a black and white answer. I do feel like that everybody needs to be treated with respect and dignity and fairness, and we don't want to get sued as a school board, so we have to think about those things, and hopefully we'll reach a consensus as a board. Okay. Travis. Uh, <clears throat> For me, it's pretty cut and dry, just like Mark said. You know, God only made two genders boys can compete against the boys, girls against the girls. Um, I mean, that's pretty much where it is. You know, as, as a school board member, you know, we're there to represent the public, and I think the public has very strong opinions about it. Uh, overall, I think in Marshall, we probably have a very conservative community for the most, and I think that most people probably would be in, in think along the same lines that, that I would, that, you know, boys with boys, girls with girls. So for me, that's where it's at. Okay, Tara. I think bi biologically, when you have different amounts of testosterone, obvious size difference, um, I just don't think it would be fair to 
have you know, a male competing with females. And it's really unfair to these female athletes who have, you know, they've worked years and years to get scholarships to better their education, further their education, and, and then have these things taken away from them after all this hard work. But biologically, males are gonna have an advantage, have more muscle mass, usually in general are taller, bigger, it's not fair. Now I have a daughter who still, I mean, she's in fourth grade and still wants to beat all the boys and she would be fine with racing them or she was telling me about doing push-ups today and trying to beat the boys. So, I mean, I'm not saying that women aren't capable of beating some of these, you know, athletes, but I don't think it's fair. Okay. Thank you. Jeanette. So I feel like it's pretty cut and dry also. Um, God created man and woman, and that's how it is. Um, I am a very proud girl sports mom, as you are too. Mm -hmm. um, girl sports, you know, they had lagged behind boys sports for a long time. Um, I'm fortunate that my daughters don't experience that and that we play different year-round sports, but I feel like that is taking a back step and it's making a very unfair advantage to, um, you know, to let boys compete in girls sports especially. Um, so I feel like it really, it, it's a step backwards. Okay, thank you. Jen, I wanna start with you on this uh, follow-up to another social question. It's kinda really big in our country right now and you hear a lot of talk about it being taught in public schools and a lot of outcry about it and it's critical race theory. What is your position on critical race theory and that being uh, taught in public schools? Um, want, want to know your opinion on that. I'm not in favor of CRT. Um, I believe in teaching history and I believe in teaching the good parts and the bad parts because we're supposed to learn from history. If we don't learn from history, we will repeat it. Um, so I think it's very important that our teachers feel comfortable teaching history. I actually asked that specific question if it was to uh, the meeting, with the meeting that I had this week with Mr. Henry, I asked if that was in our schools. He said, absolutely not. It's not in the schools at all. I asked him if it was attached to any federal funds or being pushed federally because as running for school board, I've learned in this process that sometimes the government likes to attach federal funds to push different agendas. Mm -hmm. So um, he assured me that it was not. Um, and I can assure everyone that Mr. Henry is, you know, very like-minded and, you know, I, I don't, I, my, I really don't feel like that will be a problem here and I just pray that I'm right. Okay, thank you. Tara. I do, I do not think it has a place in Marshfield schools or probably any schools. I've tried to read up on it a little bit because honestly, depending on who the author is, you get a completely different theory when you're reading up on it. I just don't, I think if you treat everyone the way that God intends you to treat people, which is with kindness and love, no matter what race you are, I think you can't go wrong with that. And I'm, I'm glad that Marshfield schools currently do not have that within the, you know, the teachings at the school. And I think with a lot of the, um, the teachers that we have and the school board that we have, 
hopefully, like, I don't think that'll be an issue, hopefully. Good. Travis. Uh, you know, I'll be honest, if, if when I first started down this path, I didn't know a lot about the critical race theory, but someone actually reached out to me very early on and asked me about this. And so, like Tara, I kind of started to, to look it up and research it a little bit. And I'm, I honestly have to say I couldn't support us having it in the school. Um, as I told someone that reached out to me on social media, I just I don't see where there's any um, – where it's any part of the fundamentals of education, it just really has no place. It's not even, in my mind, it's not even a topic that we should even consider having in schools. Okay, uh, Jill. Um, well, I just graduated with my master's in education and it wasn't mentioned at the master's level at all as a theory. Um, and so my understanding about theories though is that you don't teach somebody a theory. A theory is more of a, framework or a tool that you might use to um, ask a question and then it would guide your research but it's never pr really proven or not proven it's just a theory it, a theory's a theory it, that's in academics so I in research in critical race theory I was kind of surprised that uh, you know in my program it was never promoted as a theory because it's from what I understand it's about 40 years old this theory is and it was um, used in some advanced uh, education, like graduate level programs for uh, masters and even doctorate, mostly doctorate levels as one of the theories that you might use when you're doing some, and it's usually a pretty obscure research, which like for my masters, it was a very obscure question that I was asking. And I used probably four theories um, as frameworks to guide my research. And then at the end, I answered the question. And so that's, that's in general what a theory is supposed to be used mm -hmm. for. But in, in uh, early childhood uh, education, as well as all the way up through high school and including bachelor's level, um, you're not required to do academic work at that level. So I, I'm not sure where this all came from. I never heard about it until it was on the news. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm thinking, you know, I talked to Mr. Henry about it too because I, I couldn't figure out where this all came from. But I don't believe that that's being taught at Marshfield schools. And I don't think developmentally kids would be academically able to even use any, any of those kind of theories probably even at the, maybe at the bachelor's level, but probably not until they're in a graduate program or even a doctorate program. And correct me if I'm wrong, because you, you have a doctorate, right? Did, did they, did you have to do research in theories? And not with that, no. Yeah. Well, it's more of a, it's more of an academic, like for education type majors, maybe more so than some of us in healthcare. Okay, yeah. Mark. Tough subject. Uh, just as I said, we went through this with school board meetings. Uh, it's not in our curriculum. It's not being taught that we know of. Uh, there has been a, a, a parent group started, kind of a watchdog for the school and the school board that has just started recently. And they're, they're there to help the school board as a whole keep an eye on, because we all don't have kids from every age group, kind sure. of keep a watchdog. And they kind of report back to us as, sure. a, as, a, as a civic duty on there. But yeah, it is a it is a tough concept. I I don't think it belongs in the school. Currently reading a book, uh, Bodie Bauckham's Fault Lines, uh, and it's it's a pretty interesting read on that from a Christian perspective. On that, it really is. Uh, and as we said, it, it's a it's a theory. It's not a fact. 
it's whenever we see uh, media portraying it as this is what it should be and that's what they're teaching the kids and I think that's the problem is they're trying to point their views onto the kids and of course that's what we hear right now we're great Midwest we're great but we need to keep in prayer not only for our state but our federal government they don't try to push this agenda in something like that okay good a couple of last questions these are real easy uh, one one answer uh, questions this one mark you're probably going to be left out on but someone asked me to ask this today and I thought it was a great question how many school board meetings have you attended in the last year if any so let me start we'll just go down the road Joe um, well I'm just getting over COVID I'm not I'm not uh, contagious or anything, but I actually was going to go to the one in April, so I'd have to say zero, but I did pull, I went okay. to the website and I, I pulled the minutes and read all the minutes from the ones for the past year. It, of course, there's the, um, when they go into closed session, so I, I don't know any uh, of that information, but just the basics, I reviewed them, so I would okay. say zero. Okay, Travis. <laughs> zero. Two. Tara. Okay. Mark all of them, right? <laughs> all of them, yeah. Well, and just we meet once a month unless yes. it's a specific issue. We'll have a closed meeting, or when we hire principals. Okay. The head administration, we always have. They always bring two candidates to us, and we actually have one Monday to hire a shook principal. Would Would you? Last question for me, and then we'll we'll have a time where you all can ask anything you would like. If you uh, would like to ask a question, you can go to the mic. Uh, and then if we have any questions on online, have we got any online at all yet? Okay, um, so you guys are getting off pretty good. But last, last question that I have for you, um, would you consider yourself a conservative, liberal, or moderate? We'll start with Mark. A fiscal conservative. 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 I, I don't like those terms. I, I just, you know, I vote for the person that I believe is their best candidate. Um, I do believe in conservative values for the most part, mm -hmm. um, with some exceptions. Okay. So I'm not, you know, I, I, I just don't, I can't ever see myself as just being rubber stamped with anything because okay. there, there are people on both sides of the aisle that I truly admire and I truly do not admire. So I'm just kind of an independent, I guess. Okay. Yeah, so a moderate almost, maybe I'm an independent. I'm kind of a renegade. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't mean that, but. Okay, anybody have any questions? Thank you guys for answering my questions. Uh, anybody have any questions tonight from the audience they would like to ask? We've got one. <laughs> this probably probably be for Mark. <laughs> anyway, since you're on the school board, my question is, do you get to review any of the things that come up for teachers? In other words, their curriculum. Do you get to see that? So, no, we don't ever review the curriculum, per se. Mm -hmm. That's primarily what Dr. Louder's for. He's head of the, ed the he's the superintendent there with that. Uh, if there is any question we've had, there's been a few things that have come in on the school board that, are, that have been homework that have sent home with students that have brought to teachers and they've been brought to the attention of the superintendent and by association been brought to the school board and we have reviewed those specific ones. Uh, but as far as curriculum specifically, no. Okay, it's just everybody says CRT is not in the curriculum here. Mm -hmm. How do you know that <laughs> if you don't get we, to We see trust it. the administrators that are in charge of it. Do you trust this louder? Pardon me? You trust Gary Dr. Lauder, Lauder, Mr. Henry, Dr. Valentine, yeah, yes. I know who he is. Okay. Thank yes. You.
Okay. Anybody? Anybody else have a question? Any other questions? Only once. I'm going to use this mic because it's a little bit closer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, got a good, you got a good walk. What you? I'd like to hear y'all's thoughts on uh, uh, paying the support staff more such as the nurses and the janitorial staff and such, if the teachers get a raise, what's your thoughts on, on uh, giving them raises also? Because you do have some uh, educated nurses, bachelors and above, that would probably like to work in the, in the school here rather than drive to the other side of Springfield. Let me start with Travis on this. You know, currently, I mean, there are jobs everywhere, obviously, and so, you know, I personally have no problem with paying highly trained staff more. Um, you know, if if those jobs are hard for us to fill, then yes, obviously we probably need to figure out a way to uh, put some incentive there and pay is definitely a good incentive for that stuff. Um, you know, I'm, I currently work for the state and we're there doing the same type thing, trying to figure out how we can recruit more people. And obviously pay is always a number one factor for that. Right, Tara. I think um, support staff definitely deserves um, to be looked at for pay raises, and I think teachers, just in general, also you know support staff. Everyone um, could use a pay raise, in my opinion. Now, funding that is you know another subject, but I know in the pharmacy, if our support staff, which is our technicians, if we didn't have them, we wouldn't run. And that's just like the schools. If you don't have your bus drivers or your janitors or your um, counselors, your nurses, it's it's just not going to run. And it's not going to be the great school system that Marshfield has without them. And so you just want to make sure to be able to keep them um, here and get new ones that are just as, as great. Good. Thank you. Jeanette. Absolutely. I mean, your support staff is very important, if not just as important as teachers. You can't run a school if it's not clean, if there's not food, if there's not buses, if there's not, you know, uh, anyone to, as far as support staff. Um, I think just about everybody agrees that paras have one of the hardest jobs in the school district, mm -hmm. um, and they absolutely deserve a raise. Um, I had talked to Mr. Henry whenever we had a meeting about the four-day school week, and um, a way, the way I understood it was doing a four-day was able to give them a raise. Is that correct? So, um, and then they will also be able to work the additional day mm -hmm. if they want to mm -hmm. on Mondays. So, I, I believe so. They are technically getting a raise with the four-day week. Is that right, Mark? They are. They okay. are. They, they've been, they've they've decreased their hours, but increased their hourly pay. Right. So. Right. Right. So, absolutely, one hundred percent. Okay, Jill. Well, people are your greatest asset when you work when you have a school or a hospital. All of these, um, you know, where it's a public service type stuff, people are your greatest asset. And there, it's also you, probably your greatest uh, uh, expense. But to me, um, I am all for it as long as we're physically responsible. Um, that was number three on my high priorities for the school was uh, finance and budget and good stewardship of the dollars. But it, I've <clears throat> never regretted investing in people. 
in any of the jobs I've ever had. So I would say yes. Mark. Yeah, I think we need to pay good teachers, good custodians, good, uh, the whole support staff in general, you know, and, uh, but I reiterate good teachers, good custodians. Most everybody, regardless of the, if the teachers, cooks, custodians, they're all there because they love the kids. Really, honestly and truthfully. And, and yes, it is about the money, and that's very, very important on that. But um, if, we could, if we could sell more hamburgers and stuff like Wendy's does, we could raise things much uh, significantly. Now, the school's done several things. Uh, Brian, they mentioned that uh, on Mondays for the fourth day, or the, the day off, uh, paras, anybody who's able to come in and work for... Uh, the Boys and Girls Club. Along those lines, let's say you have some inspiring teachers along those lines. They're able to work to a schol- for a scholarship towards furthering their education during that time also. Uh, there's also been some of the parents are going to be allowed to be able to tutor and things are out to make some extra income like this. But yeah, you know, we would love to pay everybody as much as we could because nobody gets paid the hourly re- wage they deserve. Whether it's the paras, the cooks, the custodians, yeah, they get paid hourly or whatnot on that. But you know they do a lot of prep time inside and outside of school like that. So, yes, if it would be great to do that, but it also has to be fiscally responsible for the school to take care of the whole, not those just those individuals. But, yes, the support staff is, is where it all starts. Okay. Any other questions from the audience? We've got one online. we got one more from the audience. Okay, Shelly. Okay. Shorter walk. It's a good one. Okay, good. Um, do you, this is, oh, oops, it's out. Okay, sorry. Um, it's not a, this may not be a either or, but for my curiosity, do you primarily see yourself as a representative of the community or of the school system? And depending on how you view that, um, what, I guess I don't know how to say it other do you believe you would have what it takes because I kind of agree with like what Travis has said we kind of know the feel of the community and we kind of know it goes against the narrative from federal so would you have the backbone to go against that even if it did mean a lawsuit because I'm kind of to the point I'll protect my kids take it to the lawsuit I don't care because when it comes to boys competing against our girls I'll protect my little girls any day so where do you feel that you represent us or the school system and how would you stand against that because I think it could probably get pretty nasty at times and hopefully it doesn't you know our hopes and prayers are that it doesn't come to that but working with kids I think there are a lot of things that go on and we know the pressures are coming from above down so anyways thanks Shelly so Tara we'll start with you on this I think I represent a a good perspective just because as my husband's in education I feel like I have the best interest of teachers and coaches and support staff but then I also have kids in the schools so I want to make sure that they're getting what's best for them and the people around them that are around them probably more than me sometimes during the day are the best people that we can have and then also the community. Um, I think I represent the community from working out in it. But as far as if we were getting pressured to have some of these things within our school system, I think you almost have to stand up to it. And um, because, I mean, that this is one of the reasons why my kids are in Marshfield is because I feel like 
they give a good, they have good Christian leaders within the school. Not, I'm sure not all of them are, but I feel like there's a majority that are, and they care for their kids. And to see something like that forced on our schools, I mean, someone's going to have to stand up for it. And hopefully we, it won't come to that here in southern Missouri, but it's possible, especially nowadays. Jill. Well, I have a granddaughter in, um, in school. She's a junior right now. And two of my kids graduated from Marshfield. Um, and uh, one of my other grandchildren graduated. So I feel like I'm kind of a parent in a way because I, I, if I can get her in the car for a little while, she'll, tell, she'll spill everything that's going on, you know, and how all the policies and what, what's happening with masking at that, and which is like it was every week something new. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I feel like I'm I'm more part of the uh, the school in that way, like as a parent. Um, but I also feel, and I also haven't had experience on a board in the school. I actually worked as a as a uh, substitute nurse and as a substitute teacher in the school before, but it's been a few years. So I have that perspective, um, but. I'm maybe a little more on the outside right now from that and more maybe more as a parent than I would be part of the school unless I wind up with this. Now, as far as your answer with the school board, the good thing about the school board is it's nonpartisan. And so because of that, nobody on the school board makes goes out and makes decisions on their own. It's always um, a, a conversation now, and correct me if I'm wrong, Mark, because you, you're on it, but uh, that's my understanding is that the school board discusses these things and then we come to a majority vote and then everybody that's on the board is expected to support that, regardless of what your individual beliefs are or opinion or whatever. If, if the school board as a body comes to a decision like that, we're all expected to support it. So, you know, theoretically, if, if we made a decision to say, no, we're not going to allow, you know, uh, transgender youth to compete w in the opposite sex uh, sports or something like that, and that was the decision that was made, then uh, as a board, we would be expected to all support that. And we might get sued for it, but I mean, if we all knew going into it, hey, we feel strongly enough about this, that this is what we're going to do, then we'd be like Springfield Public Schools. I mean, they're getting sued right now. Uh, and 17 other school districts in the in the state are uh, being sued right now by the Attorney General. So there's a lot of this going on and you know, part of it is uh, we have to be careful with confidentiality. There's a lot of things that you have to be careful about and what, what you talk about and what you know and who you tell what. But um, I think that we can, we all are wise enough, especially when it's a group where you have a, a several different people expressing their opinion, then you get a good, you get a better decision that way. And I think we're all wise enough that we could hopefully keep ourselves out of too much trouble, but still try to do the right thing. And that's, that's always the trick, isn't it? You know, to try to do the right thing, do what's right, but also, you know, not cost the school district millions in lawsuits or whatever. So it's a, it's, it's kind of a tough job, I would think. Mark. <clears throat> I answer to the Bible. Okay, and, and as far as that's concerned. Uh, also with impracticality, and then I'll, I'll use an example going against what the school board, uh, a few years ago, or was, whenever it was, our green, yellow, our different masking thing. There was a vote 
to the, uh, I believe the Webster County Health Unit recommended masking K through 12. I had a kindergartner at that time. He's not going to keep a mask on. That's not practical for them. It's been proven that it doesn't affect these little guys. And I was very adamant against that. The was it K through four? I was I was I was okay with the fifth and grade up, but K through four or whatever that ended up being. Very adamant that I, no, we do not need to put masks on these kids, regardless of what the 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 rest of the majority wanted. I just thought that was more practical and it was best for the the children on that aspect. I was just using that as an example. So okay. Um. Jeanette. So as a board member, you are an elected official, so I think that you have a duty to listen to people that voted for you and people that pay taxes. So absolutely, I feel like you should listen and get input from the community on what they think and what they feel. Um, you And you have to, if you're elected to the board, you also have to worry about liability issues, of course. you don't. Nobody on a school board would want to you know, get caught in a liability or cause a liability, you know, against the school. Um, we do have tough issues, like we all hope that that's not coming to our hometown. Um, and I, I look at things a little bit differently with my husband being in law enforcement and I know, you know, how quickly people can be victimized and that kind of thing and I think Anybody that knows me knows that I'm very opinionated and I don't mind sharing my opinions. I will for sure listen to everyone, you know, and I can, you know, change my opinion by listening to you, but I'm not gonna apologize for standing up for a child ever. Okay, Travis. You know, uh, as the school board as a whole has to make decisions for the school. However, as I said before, you know, the school board is a small group that's representing the public, and so I feel like it's our job to be taking the issues that the public has and taking them to the school board because not everyone wants to go to that meeting, not everyone wants to bring up that tough issue. So for me, wholeheartedly representing the community, and you know, like I said, that's what we're there for. So for me, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm willing to stand up and you know say this is how I feel, this is what we need to be doing. Um, you know, and I'm not saying I'm trying to go against the administration, but the administration is there to represent the school, and I'm there to represent the community. Okay, thank you. Uh, last, we're going to do this as a last question. It's it's from uh, online. Is this the only question you've got online? Correct. Okay, this is going to be our last question tonight. Um, this sort of says says Matt Holt runs a top tier wrestling program and doesn't have a home to participate uh, to practice facility wise. Along those lines, with more and more schools getting turf, do you believe the athletic facilities need to be upgraded to stay even with the facility race here in Southwest Missouri? So I'm gonna start with Travis. Um, as a whole, yeah, probably so. Um, I mean, obviously like every other decision, there's a lot that has to be factored into that. You know, we have to be financially responsible, but you know, the better that we can improve our facilities, the better we can do for our children, the better they can try to improve on all those things athletic-wise. Okay, Jeanette. So I travel to a lot of different schools. Um, my daughter's in track and softball, and she has been in wrestling and volleyball. Um, I would say our sports facilities, some of them are, are lacking. Um, 
I hope that that is getting better. I know that track and field, for sure, um, the throwing is way below what other, you know, districts our sizes, but they're building new, and I'm sure that that's going to be, you know, better and more comparable. Um, you know, we have a huge, awesome wrestling program, and we need to support it because kids are getting scholarships. You know, it's great for kids to be physically active. Um, sports is more than just the sport. You know, my, my kids have learned teamwork, you know, self-discipline, you know, having coaches to mentor them. You know, it's more than just a sport. It well rounds the kids. And I think that we need to keep that always in mind. Okay, thank you, Mark. Uh, the uh, the question was great. Uh, Matt Hole's a great guy, great coach. He's built that program from, from bottom up. Uh, the the school has a five year plan for certain things, and they take voting from from the teachers and and community. And and we had that bond money. We're building a new early childhood center. And by far and away, that was the number one based on community need and the school board need, or not school board, but the teachers. That's what they thought. Hey, we got to get these kids started young on that. And it's going to be great for the community. Uh, Number two was a uh, safe room between Shook and the high school because there's not a safe room on that campus. And Mr. Henry's plan will, it is still that at some point uh, to have that as the wrestling facility along with doubling as a safe room. So it's definitely on the agenda. It's just being, you got to be fiscally responsible with the money. We just, we just don't have money growing out of trees. Hey, we don't have money to build a $5 million facility but there are a lot of things and what and people don't need to take away they need to, they say well that's just for sports no 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 we turf a field that's been mentioned you meant that was mentioned in the question there a lot of schools have turf hey band gets to practice on it all the time they don't have to wait till they don't have to practice at 8 39 o'clock at night when football is done with uh elementary schools can go participate on it when their playground is wet and so those fields, and even some type of other uh, multi-purpose room like that where wrestling could call itself home. Because right now, yeah, it's tough. They go from the Ox Gym to the R High School cafeteria is their wrestling room come usually January 1st. Mm -hmm. So it is a problem because they have, they have close to, between girls and boys, they have close to 60 to 70 kids out at the high school level alone. So it is, it is a definitely a need because that program's growing, and it's, it's, it's taken off the junior high now too. Okay, thank you. Jill. Well, I love sports, and so I'm, I'm really, really into I like to go to the football games. Um, you know, I love the soccer team is great. I'd like to see them add a fishing uh, team. That's something they have in Lebanon now, and I, I've heard a lot of the kids say, oh, you know, that would be fun. So I'm all for that. Um, I, the bigger issue to me, and I don't know as much detail as you do, Mark, about it, but the, the bigger issue that I'm looking at is, is uh, you know, why is it that rural schools don't have the same opportunities that other bigger uh, school districts have? And part of the, there's a, it's a complex problem, and part of, the, uh, of it is that our tax base is lower. Um, and then part of it is uh, that we have increased costs that are unique when that that's things like transportation costs and with then uh, this came to light you know with the um, situation with COVID is that 
um, so many kids didn't have decent internet mm -hmm. to, to try to do in-home learning. So we, we have, as rural school districts, we have unique problems, but we have extra blessings as well, so it balances each other out. But this is one of the big things that I'm interested in advocating for um, at, you know, at whatever level we can is to get politicians thinking more and educating them about the, pro the unique problems that rural schools have. Because we'd like to have our kids have a, a specialty coach uh, for maybe for soccer, which I know they finally did get one, but back when my kids were in, it was the wrestling coach was actually the soccer coach. And he didn't, he didn't know how to help them. He tried, but it, and to see this wrestling program grow, all these different things that kids have an opportunity to be exposed to, I think that's what they should be doing developmentally when they're in high school, uh, all the way from grade school up. But hey, look at all these different things and try different things, see what you might like. Mm -hmm. But when you, you know, when you have such limited resources, uh, as many rural schools do, they don't get as many opportunities. And that's, that's inequity and it's not right. And I think we all, I think, you know, as a school board, we, we have to advocate for our, our particular school and rural schools in general just for these types of things where they're going to get facilities that, that are equal to what they have in Ozark or, you know, Catholic high school. We, we sure. compete against all those kids, mm -hmm. but we don't have the same opportunities. Our kids don't. And that's, that's unequal, and it, it shouldn't be. But somebody's going to have to, you know, educate the, the politicians about it and try to advocate for policy changes. Tara. I'm just curious if my husband asked that question online. He did. Oh. <laughs> did he really? I wasn't going to say that, but it was him, yes. <laughs> Okay. Well, I, when I went to talk to yeah, when I went to talk to Mr. Henry, um, I had asked my husband, you know, what kind of things do you think I need to be talking to Mr. Henry about? And he said, you need to ask about getting Cody Bull turf field and Matt Hold a wrestling room. <laughs> Always looking out for the coaches. Yeah. So, um, I do think that there's opportunities with outside funding from businesses in the community because we do have such a great community that supports all of, you know, all of our kids, and whether it's theater, band, mm -hmm. you know, I think we definitely need to be looking at those things and giving our kids, you know, these opportunities. And like the turf field, you can, it does benefit the band. They're not having to practice, you know, right now you can't step on that, the football field. And, and then you have opportunities for your youth also, your youth football games and yep. soccer. even soccer and, so I think that, you know, looking at outside funding is a great way to get some stuff in for our kids and, and our community. And, and the wrestling is really, I mean, it's quite the program. We have probably more girl wrestlers than any other school I've seen. And that's a lot of opportunities, you know, scholarship-wise for them, too. And so, and he, I know he does work really hard for those kids from youth on so so I, I know you mark you had one other thing let's close with this um, I'm going I'm to give you each an opportunity for closing thoughts and include this within your closing closing thoughts uh, and uh, let's start with you mark well going back to the, the rural community the, the 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 bigger towns a lot of those fields are funded corporately you follow me there Springfield you know, have all kinds of big corporations and that's a big part of it you know, every one of those coaches have, have researched, you know, hey, what's it going to cost? And so they've done their due diligence on that. Uh, closing remarks. Uh, thanks, Crossbridge. 
Jeff, your conservative group, thank for that. Thank for everybody who's, who has attended. Thank for the other, other candidates. I, when the voters go out next week, I don't think they can go wrong with any one of us here. I just encourage you to do your civic duty and go out there and do it. It is a privilege. Not everybody in the world gets, gets to vote and gets to say in what your public officials can be. Absolutely. Tara. What was the, sorry, Just the any closing just, thoughts, any closing thoughts you want to share? You didn't get to mention tonight or anything you want to say? Um, I just, um, I think it'll be a good opportunity to help support our teachers and our kids, and I would, I'll do that in any way that I can, whether on the school board or as a parent, um, I'll be glad to do that. Thank you. Jeanette. Well, since I'm a softball mom, I have to go back to turf. Um, so we had went to some smaller schools, and they use one tur turf field for softball and baseball, which I thought was a great idea to use it as a dual purpose and only have one to maintain. Um, as far as closing remarks, um, thank you for having this. Um, thank you for getting the community involved in voting. Um, one thing, as soon as I would tell people I was running for school board, they asked if we were doing this forum again. Um, I think everybody really enjoyed it. Um, and thank you for everybody coming out. And I would just really love the opportunity to serve as your board member. Thank you. Travis. Well, uh, same as everyone else. You know, I'm just, I'm happy to have this opportunity. I'm thankful we could all be here and just, you know, have good discussion and everybody just tell exactly how they feel about stuff, you know. Um, you know, my biggest concern, you know, is going into this, I mean, honestly, I, I'd never, in my mind, when I knew Mark was running for re-election, I never even considered that I could beat him, so I, I thought, well, if I can just beat three other people, <laughs> to be honest. But, you know, I, I'm just excited to have the opportunity. You know, in my life, I've never really set out to do anything that I didn't ultimately end up achieving. And I think next week, you know, I just encourage everybody to get out and vote. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be a very close vote no matter what, you know. Um, and I'm just really excited for the opportunity. Thank you, Jill. Well, thank you for everyone who came out tonight. I appreciate it. Um, I guess I would just say that um, I, I'm here because I've had enough time in my life to decide what's really important. And uh, for me, um, education it literally changed my life. Education changed my life, and I remember I remember the day I learned to read. I was like six years old, and I, I can't even tell you how excited I was when I could read. And then I remember going to the library, and I didn't have a, you know, it was kind of a rough uh, time at home, but I could go to the library, and there's books there that just opened my world to, to everything, every possibility, anything that, that I could, uh, that you want to do. If you can read, you can do it. You can learn it. And that's so exciting to me. Um, I, I remember teachers, and this is one reason I want so much to support the teachers and to recruit other excellent teachers for this um, district is because there were teachers in my life that literally changed my life, um, that believed in me, that m showed me that I could do things that I had no idea I could do. And I, I didn't have high expectations for myself, but some of the teachers that I encountered, they were fair and they gave me a chance and really showed me that I could do things. And I, that's the kind of school system, that's the vision that I have for this school, e even though it's a rural school and it does have some, some disadvantages, it has a ton of advantages as well. And this community is one of them, one of the greatest ones. So um, 
I'll just, you know, I'll just close with that, that, you know, whoever, whoever, whatever the vision is uh, uh, collectively for our community, <coughs> that we, uh, I think we all have the same vision for this school, and we all um, are, uh, you know, have, have the right foundation, too, when it comes to our, our beliefs and, and how we're going to use those to work together. So I just want to thank you guys for coming out tonight. I, I didn't give them the questions ahead of time, uh, and so I know that can be stressful, uh, but I thank you guys for coming out. I thank uh, Crossbridge for uh, allowing us to use the facilities tonight to, to, to do this. Um, I, I, I encourage everybody uh, that's watching and here to go out and vote on Tuesday. It is, a, a, as Mark, I think, said, a privilege and an honor that we live in a country that we can do that. Even if, if you're watching online and you completely disagree with me politically, Please go vote. Um, you need to go vote, and and uh, I'm I'm going to go and vote. And so I appreciate you guys your willingness to be here tonight, um, and and to do this. And uh, I'm I'm excited about Tuesday. I also want to add uh, before I close this in prayer that we have a whole bunch of races coming up this year uh, for county races and state races. This is just our first forum that we're going to hold of question and answers. We plan on doing this later on in the year with county races. Uh, and ultimately, hopefully, some state races if, if those candidates will come and get on the hot seat here. And ultimately, uh, before the general election in November, uh, any of those candidates that oppose one another on the ballot, I'd love to have them here uh, to, to ask them questions and, and the people can get to know them. So once again, thank you guys for coming. Let's close in prayer uh, tonight. Uh, Lord Jesus, I thank you again just for the opportunity to be here tonight, uh, Lord, and to, to talk about our community, uh, which you... As want us deeply involved with as followers of yours, not only sharing the gospel, but being engaged in in our local government, in our school system. And Lord, I think you expect that of us to bring the light. We're supposed to be salt and light, and and we're supposed to to be in every part of our community with that salt and light. And so, Lord, I think it's a responsibility of ours, something that we can't neglect. And I thank you, Lord, for these candidates tonight coming and their willingness to serve in our community. And Lord, I pray for them. Uh, and, and you know who you have uh, in place already for this position. So I pray for them uh, and I pray for our community. I pray for our country uh, tonight, Lord. And as we leave here, keep us safe. And in all things, we glorify and honor you. It's in your name I pray. Amen.